1: Praise the Lord. I just want to welcome all of us to the International Women of Faith Fellowship annual meeting. And um, even though it's the COVID season, I believe that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. And God is not taken by surprise with anything, even if it's a pandemic. He's still on his throne and he's still Lord of all. Amen. Um, I'm told that our theme is the Lord my helper. But before we go into that, I want us to just share a word of prayer. Shall we pray? Father, thank you for another opportunity to come into your awesome presence. We pray that you speak to us, not as. Men's words, or man's words, but as the oracles of God, I pray for the anointing and the unction to bring your heart to your people. And I pray that this word will bear much fruit. I pray also that this word will fall on good soil. I pray that the time spent in your presence will be a worthwhile time. Lord, if you can use anything, use me this evening. For the sake of your people, in Jesus' name, Amen. Well, I want to congratulate Sister Latina, or Reverend Mrs. Latina, for her vision for International Women of Faith. I was invited from the very uh, onset, and um, I want to commend her faith, her resilience, and her doggedness in still continuing with this vision to see whatever God had put on her heart come to pass. I also want to salute your Reverend Peter for being an able support and giving his wife the necessary backing, anointing, grace and favor to do what God has called her to do. And to all of you It would have been a wonderful time for us to meet physically like we've been doing. But hey, the Bible says where two or three are gathered, he's there in their midst. So we believe that Jesus is in our midst. Amen. Amen. Now, as I said, I'm told that our theme is from Psalm 121, which is a popular psalm a favorite psalm, one of the favorites, if you've been a Christian for a long time or for some time, it's a psalm you would hear or you would even know. So I want to read the first verse, it says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help, my help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber nor sleep. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall not... You see, I went ahead of myself. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil, and he shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Amen. Now, I just feel impressed by God to emphasize the first verse. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. Amen. Now, this is the psalmist speaking. And he says, I will lift up mine eyes. Not somebody, I'm in distress. You lift your eyes to God for me. I'm in distress. My pastor's eyes should go up to God for me. The psalmist says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills. Beloved, the person you call on, In your time of distress. The person you lean on. In your time of confusion. The person whose number comes to your mind. Anytime there's drama in your life. That person. It it is an indication that. That person is important to you. Now the fact that the psalmist said I will. Means that there are certain things as Christians. Yes. Christ died on the cross. Yes, he took all our sins. Yes, he took our infirmities. He took our shame. He paid the price. Christ became a curse so that we may become a blessing. It's all true. But then for him to say, I will, it means that as a Christian and in our walk with God, there are times when it is going to depend on our will and our willingness and our, our commitment And all that we want to give to see something come to pass. So then the psalmist says here, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills. It means that wherever you lift your eyes to, or, you know, you can lift up your eyes to the hills. You can lift up your eyes to a friend. You can lift up your eyes to a boyfriend. You can even lift up your eyes to a pastor. You can lift up your eyes to your husband. You can lift up your eyes even to yourself maybe, but he says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills. Why the hills? Because the Jewish people believe and believed even then that God dwelt in the hill. That's why we talk about the mountain of the Lord. It shall come to pass that God's people will go to the mountain of the Lord to seek his face because it was believed that God dwelt in, on hills and on mountains. And that's why David said, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills. Now, as I was saying, he said, I will. So whether you lift up your eyes depends on you. There are certain things in our walk with God, it doesn't depend on anybody Of course, the Holy Spirit helps us. The grace of God is on our side. But at a certain point, we as believers should be able to control our will and what we are going to do with that will because we are created in God's image and he gives us our free will. So then when David says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, it means that he's exercising the power he has to make decisions and to make choices and to decide what he will do. So he says, I will lift up. And it's your eyes. It's not somebody else's eyes. It's your eyes. That's why it's in your control as to where you will lift it up to. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills. Why? From whence cometh my help? What would we need help for? If you've lived on this planet for a while, you will know that you come to a place where you will need help. Sometimes we need help in our health. Sometimes we need help in our home. Sometimes we need help in our marriages. Sometimes we need help in our walk with God. Sometimes we need help to fight temptation Sometimes we need help to obey God and to fulfill all that he has called us to. Sometimes we need financial help. Sometimes we need help so that a certain favor, a certain door will open to us. Sometimes and often we need help in ministry. Sometimes we need help to carry our burdens. We need help when we are crushed. So he said, from whence cometh my help? He is lifting his eyes to the hills because... He recognizes that God is the one who is his help. It's true that God uses human beings. And God can give you human beings to help you. But the ultimate helper is God himself. And that is why he gave us his Holy Spirit. And one of the classic names he gave to the Holy Spirit is helper. Jesus said, if I go, he will not come. But as I go, I will send to you a helper. Another word he said was comforter. And, you know, some people say I'm a self-made woman. I'm a self-made man. But when you go into it, you will see that it's not true. Nobody is self-made. Because even the car you drive is not self-made. Somebody made it for you. So even though you used your money to buy it, there's some help coming your way. So much for this one. I will lift up my eyes, which means... Your will is in your eyes, your hands. Mine eyes unto the hills. Why? Because I recognize that I can't help myself, which is a massive step of humility. From whence cometh my help? Some of us feel our help comes in academia, how educated we are, how beautiful we are, who we are married to. I'm Mrs. Mike Tyson, so my help will come from my title. But the psalmist recognizes, and I'm sure you have recognized in this COVID season, that unless God helps you, nobody else will help you. So much for that. What am I here to speak about this evening? This evening, I want to take you through the Bible as to the different scenarios in which people who walked with God lifted up their eyes. People who walked with God lifted up their eyes. Sometimes, instead of lifting up our eyes, we cast our eyes around us. And that is circumstantial. And if something negative is happening around us, it doesn't help. Because our eyes, instead of being lifted up to the one and the place from whom our help comes, we start to look around like Peter. And then we see the waves of life and we begin to drown. Sometimes we look down. That's why there's the expression, you you are downcast. Your countenance is down, which means your eyes are not looking up. They are looking down. And sometimes you even look into yourself. Everything must come from yourself. I don't think that that is very scriptural. So I want us to go down the lane of the Bible to see when do we lift up our eyes and when do we do otherwise. Amen. We lift up our eyes in times of loneliness, separation, and betrayal. In Genesis chapter 13 from verse 14 to 15. The Bible says, And the Lord said unto Abraham, After the Lot was separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes, And look from the place where thou art, Northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land which thou seest, to To thee will I give it, And to thy seed forever. Amen. Now, Abraham brought Lot with him when God called him. When God had not asked him to bring Lot. And sometimes we do that in our work with God. We bring things and people that God has not asked us to on the journey. Now, what happened is that Lot didn't come with any substance. But Abraham and Sarah, the Bible says, they left with great substance to go to wherever God was leading them to. Now, it got to a place, Abraham increased in his prosperity, and Lot also increased. And then, there was not much room for their prosperity, and their cattle and sheep. So the servants began to fight against each other. And Abraham called Lot and said, Let there be no strife between us. You choose where we are, choose whichever land you want. And then... Separate yourself and go so that there will be peace between us. And Lot, like so many young people today, forgot that he wasn't even part of the journey. That perhaps, like Laban, God had blessed him on account of Abraham. So he chose. The Bible says he looked at the, the valley of Zoah and he chose the well-watered place. And it looked like Abraham had lost. It looked like the person that He had helped, had now become his rival, and had even cheated him out of what was good. Now, Abraham had been dwelling in this place with Lot all this while. But God allowed that separation to come, and Lot had to go elsewhere. It was when Lot left that God said to Abraham, lift up thine eyes. Amen? Amen. Just like the psalmist said, I will lift up mine eyes. There are times when God tells you, lift up your eyes. Why? Because you are seeing all the sorrow. You are seeing all the betrayal. you are Even your character is changing. You are becoming so bitter. Where you are standing, you look like you've been cheated. It's like, oh, Lot has taken the best. And then God has to come to us and say, lift up your eyes. See beyond this little quarrel. See beyond this man made disadvantage. See that I'm God. Lift up thine eyes. And when he lifted his eyes, what did Abraham see? Look from the place where you are to the north and south and east and west. It even included what Lot had taken. And then he said, for all the land that you see, I will give it. And not only to you, but to your seed forever. Amen. Beloved, God is faithful. In spite of all the attacks and things that sometimes may come against us. Even in ministry, you may think that, oh, I thought I was advancing. But now it looks like I've come backwards. But there's somebody who is up on the hill and has a broader view of all that is going on. And that is God. And therefore, in your separation, in your time of betrayal, in your time of loneliness, allow God to tell you, lift up your eyes. Allow you to tell yourself, I will lift up mine eyes. Because when you lift up your eyes, you will no longer scratch with the chickens. You will fly with the eagles. Because you will see that God has a bigger master plan that you have not been seeing all along. So the Lord says to, Lot, uh, to Abraham, lift up your eyes. Everything that you see, I will give to you and to your seed. At this stage, it is not even Abraham's prayer topic. But God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we think of or imagine or even ask him for. So in times of loneliness, separation and betrayal, God will have you. To lift up your eyes. Amen. God will have us lift up our eyes secondly. So that he can orchestrate an angelic visitation. Amen somebody. In Genesis 18 verse 2. Three men stood by Abraham under the tree as he was relaxing. And the Bible says he lifted up his eyes and looked and lo. Three men stood by him, and when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door, and bowed himself toward the ground. Amen. He lifted up his eyes, and he looked. It was a very hot afternoon. He had come up down outside to relax. Sarah was inside. He was not thinking of serving anybody. But he saw some type of people standing a bit afar off. And he ran from the tent door. Why? Because he lifted up his eyes. And he looked. And when he looked, he saw three seemingly ordinary men standing there. And then he goes to beckon them to come into his house and all that. Long story short... He refreshes them. He extends a spirit of hospitality. And what happens? God comes to say to him, where is Sarah your wife? I'm changing her name. Her name shall no longer be Sarah; She shall be Sarah. And a year from now, she shall conceive and she shall bear a son. And my covenant is with her. My covenant is not with Hagar. My covenant is with Sarah. And after that, God also said, as Abraham went to see the three men of that I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. But I can't do it without telling my friend, Abraham, what I'm going to do. And that allowed Abraham to intercede for Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah. And angels were sent to save them. When we look down all the time, or we look around circumstantially, we miss out On what we can see. The Bible says Abraham lifted his eyes. And then lo. And he saw. And lo. Three men stood there. Sometimes. In wanting to be too comfortable. In wanting to be too carnal. In wanting to be too earthly and too fleshly. You refuse to lift up your eyes. And when we do that. We miss an angelic visitation. The Christian life is not a life of comfort and convenience. And so like Abraham, I mean, I can see typically the sun is burning. You've eaten some food, very heavy. It's lying on you. You are not in the mood for entertaining anything. And you see something, so let it be there. But when you lift up your eyes, you can experience angelic visitation. But lifting up your eyes also means... Getting out of your comfort zone. Amen. Many Christians today don't want to get out of their comfort zone. If it's a prayer meeting, it has to be convenient. The hours have to be convenient. The ambience has to be convenient. The chairs have to be comfortable. Things have to work for us. But not that when I have settled somewhere, then you are coming to ask me to lift up my eyes to see what. And with that attitude, we miss out on God. It is very difficult to move out of your comfort zone. Sometimes your comfort zone is a geographical area. Sometimes I don't even understand. Maybe your comfort zone is is Ghana, but I don't see what the comfort zone is because where you are is not so comfortable, but you have decided that the country is your comfort zone. And therefore, if God is trying to show you anything, anything supernatural, Anything to do with the ordinary. You lazily will not lift up your eyes. But I pray that as the psalmist said, I will lift up mine eyes. And as God told Abraham to lift up his eyes, we too, like Abraham again, will lift up our eyes so that we can see supernatural things. Amen, somebody. God asks us to lift up our eyes when we are being cheated. Genesis 31 verse 12, verse 11 to 12. And the angel of God spake unto me in a dream, saying, Jacob, and I said, Here am I. And he said, Lift up now thine eyes and see. All the rams which leap upon the cattle are ring-strict, speckled, and gristled. For I have seen all that Laban doeth unto thee. I am the God of Bethel, where thou anointest the pillar. And where thou vowest a vow unto me, now arise, get thee out from this land, and return unto the land of thy kindred. Amen. Jacob was laboring under a hard taskmaster who was his maternal uncle. He said of Laban, he has changed my wages ten times. And Laban said, okay, okay, We made a deal. Now your wages are going to be according to the animals. I'm going to take this species and you will take this species. And Laban intentionally said, I'll take this species because it was more. And he knew that Jacob will have the short end of the stick. But when Jacob was asleep, the Lord Came on, angel came and said, Lift up now thine eyes and see all the rams which leap upon the cattle are ring-stricked, speckled, and grizzled, for I have seen all that Laban doeth unto thee. So the animals that were supposed to be fewer and a problem for him, God said, Lift up your eyes and see that the one that Laban has left for you to cheat you, my blessing is even there. Amen, somebody. So you see, sometimes you feel cheated. You feel forgotten, even in ministry. Or you feel that, sometimes it's not even towards a man, but it's towards God. It's like, "Eh, eh, eh, pass me not a gentle savior. You know? While on others, that art calling. Others are being blessed. Others seem to be going forward. Others seem to be favored by God. Others seem to be remembered. What about me? You know, David could easily have become bitter in the Bible. Because when the prophet Samuel came, his father didn't say, Oh, eh, David is not here. Let me call him and add him so that the prophet can do what he has to do. He was a forgotten person. And Samuel said, Oh, surely he's this man. You see, when I look at his shoulders, and I look at his stature, and I look at his six-pack, and I look at the way he speaks verses, and I look at the way he has a, a Christian accent, And the way he says, glory to God, he looks very cold. This is the one God is calling. We went through all. And God said, no. Some you are judging by your eyes. But I judge by the heart. This man has a son who is in the wilderness. Nobody is thinking about him. He's alone there. Everything is going on. and It's like the events are passing, but you are not apart. And God said, send for him. And someone said, We will not sit down until he has come. Is it David that orchestrated it? No, it was God. David didn't even know what was going on in his absence. But when you are cheated, God can say, Lift up your eyes and see. Beloved, without supernatural eyes, you can't walk with God. And without supernatural eyes, you will not go far in your walk with God. We need to see supernaturally. Amen. Amen. You need to see from the Bible's perspective. One of the verses or two that God has impressed on me strongly in this COVID season. Number one is what is impossible with men is possible with God. And then number two is not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. These two things or these two verses have carried me through, and are still carrying me through. You know, there are verses I've known, but in the time that God brought them to me, I marveled and was like, what a revelation. I believe that God was saying, lift up your eyes eyes and see what I'm saying. So even though Jacob had been cheated, God remembers what you've done for him. When I read that verse, God said, Oh, I remember you vowed a vow, and also you anointed the place where you were sleeping. This was when he was running away from his brother Esau, and for God to refer to it. I'm like, wow. He remembers our vows. He remembers the things we anoint, and the things we say. And when he was going, he had nothing. He said, if you give me this, and you bring me back, and whatever, I'll give you a tenth of all that I have. And when he vowed a vow, he didn't know what he would even become. But in the midst of being cheated, God said, lift up your eyes. Amen. Amen. Lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes. Hmm. So we lift up our eyes when we are being cheated. Hmm. We lift up our eyes... So that God can confirm his promises and judgments to us. In Deuteronomy 3.27, God says to Moses, Get thee up into the top of Pisgah and lift up thine eyes. It seems to be something God keeps saying, lift up, because... When you are walking and you are seeing where you are seeing and everything is what is around you and you walk by faith and you don't walk by faith, you walk by sight and all, you would drown like Peter when he looked at the waves. We would drown, beloved. So God keeps coming to his servants. He says, lift up your eyes. Hmm. And he says, into the top of Pisgah, which is a mountain. Lift up thine eyes westward, northward, southward, eastward, and behold and behold it with thine eyes. For thou shalt not go over this Jordan. How painful. Moses had been told by God, speak to the rock. That's how I want to um, assuage my people's thirst. I don't want you to hate the rock. I want you to speak to it. And Moses was angry with the children of Israel. So he just hates the rock. And the Bible says that rock was Jesus. Perhaps he wouldn't have been hit or slain in that way. But Moses didn't know what the rock is or was. And in his anger and in his emotional whatever, he just hit the rock. There are a lot of spiritual things that we don't handle with care because we feel that we know. Even being a mother, sometimes I see my children and I say certain things and I know that they think they know. But I know that they don't know. This morning, one of my daughters was saying she was going somewhere. And I, I said, so why don't you run this errand for your sibling? And she said, because they will not run it for me if, if they were in my shoes. They will not run it. If I was in their shoes, they will not run it for me. So I also don't see why I should run it for them. And I said, oh, you have to be a Christian to walk in love and to not repay What others do to you? And she said to me, Mommy, if the world was filled with people like you, everybody would be Mother Teresa. But the world is not like that. That is why the world has people like Hitler and all that. I said, but you are not called to be a Hitler. But after she had left, I said, children, they don't have sense. That's why God says that. The Bible says, when I was a child, I speak like a child. And I was asking God, so does the childishness go? And are we also childish? So God will tell you to lift up your eyes so that you he will, he will see the plans that he would have had for you, but for your disobedience. Amen? Amen, Amen women of faith. Amen. Why do you tell Moses, lift up your eyes? Go unto Pisgah and lift up your Go to a mountain so that you have a good view, Moses. And look at the south, look at the north, look at the east, look at the... I mean, appreciate the expanse of the land. And appreciate that what I've been talking about is real. And then when you appreciate it, he says to you, well, you better look at it because you are not entering that land. There are times when we serve God, and he may reprimand us or discipline us in something. I was thinking about the discipline of God, and I said, oh... But Moses, the Bible says, there was no one like, humble like Moses in all, all, all his house. He's the meekest. He's mentioned in uh, Hebrews 11 and all that. But it doesn't take away the fact that you didn't enter the promised land. So you may become something, but there's still something missing in our lives. Because of disobedience. And I'm, I'm thinking, okay, you God, if you know that, Moses is not going to the promised land. Why are you showing him what he has missed? Why, why, why are you like that? And I believe that God wanted him to be comforted because Moses was a leader who really cared for his people, and God was trying to say, "You said if I leave them in the wilderness, people will say they don't have a God. As for that, is happening, but Moses is without you." Sometimes I think about it and I shudder for leaders because. The children of Israel misbehaved big time. Moses did not even do a tenth, even a tithe of what they did. He just hid the rock instead of speaking. He did not go a He did not make idols. He did not remove his earrings. But everybody's judgment is different. Amen? Everybody's calling is different. Everybody's grace is different. And when God says, don't do this, he means it. So sometimes in punishment, and to show us what it would have been, he causes us to lift up our eyes. You see, when I was in Legon, the University of Ghana, the first year was called, the first October of our first, every first year was called October Rush. Because that's when the boys rush on the new girls that are coming, the first years, the freshers that have come to the university. So during this October rush, a lot of people would come around. Even now when I look back, I wonder why we didn't find it queer. Because anybody could walk into your room and just chat you up, talk to you. That's how it was. It was a safer world. And then I used to think, oh, this is an exciting life. And then some of the October rush people became my friends because they were my sister's friends. They were two years ahead of me but later on the lord called me or god spoke to me and said you know you can't be a wishy-washy christian you can't be here and there you have to straighten out your life and know where you are standing and by the grace of god i did now years after like moses god took me to pisgah and he said lift up thine eyes and when i lifted up mine eyes I saw all the people and the guys who were coming to our room and were flowing and were laughing. And I saw how life would have been. And I saw God's deliverance. So sometimes it's not even you are seeing only good, uh, missing of good things. But you are also seeing the escape that God brings to your life because he makes you see. So when God lifted my eyes and I went on to Pisgah. I saw a broad view of all that has happened over the years. And I was very grateful that God's grace had kept me. Amen. Amen. So Moses saw. God said, lift up your eyes. It was a time of judgment for Moses. The Bible says that we should not be in a hurry to be teachers in the book of Hebrews. Because if you are a teacher of the word, you suffer a greater condemnation. That's what we don't know. That's why we are in a hurry to get titles, to be seen, to be known. Huh. Moses' punishment was greater. And God wanted him to see. First of all, that he's faithful. And secondly, what he had missed out. Hmm. Amen. I'm getting to the end. We lift up our eyes so that we can see the harvest. So you lift up your eyes because your help comes from above. There are many other times when God requires you to lift up your eyes, or you yourself will lift up your eyes. John chapter four thirty-five to 38. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white or ready to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages. And gathereth fruit unto eternal life. That both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true. One soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap that whereon you bestowed no labor. Other men labored. And you are entered into their labors. Amen. Now this happened when Jesus was speaking to the woman at the well. And then the disciples came and said, hey. Oh, this why you haven't eaten anything. Has somebody brought you anything to, meet and, uh, to eat? And Jesus said, my meat is to do the will of God and to finish it. A man that his appetite, his appetite, his desires were towards doing the will of God. First, not food first. Not that he doesn't eat, he eats. We saw him break bread, we saw him... Um, grilled fish for his disciples. We saw him attend the wedding and make more wine. Don't tell me it was booze. There's so much explanation to that. But we saw him do all that. So when the disciples came and he looked so contented, they said, hey, oh, somebody has brought you food to eat. So my meat is to do the will of God and to finish it. Then he says to them, say not that in four months' time, that's when the harvest will be. It may not be the natural season of harvest, but if you lift up your eyes, you will see that the fields are white. Beloved, Christians are just hugging each other, becoming a social group, becoming a feel-good club. They cannot see beyond their own circumstances. We cannot see beyond our own comfort. We cannot see beyond the world. In fact, sometimes and often, we have become more worldly than the world. More lustful than the world. We lust after the world, the things of this world. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Pride in degrees, pride in dressing, pride in bank accounts, pride in so many things. And our eyes are not up. So Jesus says to us, lift up your eyes and see the fields amen somebody amen. nowadays in our churches we don't even do altar call lift up your eyes and look on the fields look 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 you've been looking elsewhere first of all you don't lift your eyes and even if god is lucky and you lift your eyes it's about you, your small world, your husband, your children, your dreams, your aspirations, and what your children will become, and who they will marry. And they, but lift up your eyes and look unto the fields. Amen? Look unto the fields, for they are white, all ready to harvest. Beloved... When was the last time you even saw a field of souls? You don't notice. When you see a group of people, you say, what can they do for me? Are they powerful? What connection can I get in the church? How can I uh, 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 m- wriggle my way through so that I'm at the top echelon of the church? So you are lifting up your eyes, but to the wrong things. But Jesus is calling us, women of faith, To lift up our eyes unto the fields and see the harvest, that they are white and that the harvest is already here. In this COVID season, I've been telling God, God, I want a burden for the lost. I don't want an emotional commitment hey, this world. Can you believe it? What's the world coming to? Now they are sleeping with animals. What's the world coming to? Now they want to marry animals. What's the world coming to? And then you have just become like the anchors on CNN, ABC, and what have you. Why do I say that? Because you just comment. But you don't make any difference. Lift up your eyes. Not unto the streets. Not unto the shops. Amen, ladies? Not unto your wigs, Amen, ladies? Not unto your fashion. Amen, ladies? Not unto even your marital problems. But lift up your eyes unto the fields. And see. See. See that the harvest is white. White means you just go and you pick. You just go and you pick. I was saying, Lord... When I see people I talk to them, but do I spend quality time with them? I just say you need to be born again. No, you maybe I've gone into a shop. You need to know the Lord, you know, and you need to but do I talk to them as if their lives depend on it? Do I talk to them as if it's eternity? Am I all out? You know the Bible says about a church in Ephesians that people think you are rich and they think everything is okay, but You are blind and you are poor. And you know, anoint your eyes with eye salve so that you can see. Lift up your eyes. Look, that husband that you've gone for so so many prayer meetings, over. He has made you a prayer warrior. But let the souls make you a prayer warrior. Amen? Amen? Your problems, you are drowning in them. And it's not changing. Why don't you lift up your eyes? Why don't you look unto the fields? Why don't you see the harvest that it is white? Beloved, in my life, I have come to see that when you concentrate on your problems, especially the ladies, and you concentrate on what you don't have, and you concentrate on how you feel left behind, the spirit of depression will just take over. But when you lift up your eyes beyond your marital problems, beyond that man... You have taken him to every meeting and every convention. They've laid hands on him. Ah, the hair here has disappeared and things are still the same. But as you take care of the harvests, the Bible says what you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. Mm-hmm. I believe with all my heart the word that says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. A lot of the things that God has brought away. Has never been in our prayer topic. I'm telling you. And some of the things. Even your mind cannot shape the prayer topic. Do you understand? You can't say, oh, I want to be this. And I want to be that. Nothing like that. It's just taking care of God's business. And Jesus says that is meat. Meat fortifies you. Meat strengthens you. Meat makes you look well. And so when you take the harvest as your meat. You become very healthy. And very okay. And then God. Takes care of the rest. Lift up your eyes. See the harvest at your workplace. We say church, there are so many unbelievers in church. So many. So many. Now, in some places, before you do marriage counseling, you have to do new believers school because everybody who comes is an unbeliever. Everybody. That's the harvest. I was thinking about it yesterday. I said, oh, well, God, is that that you are trying to bring the harvest through marriage counseling? Because maybe that's the only thing that will attract them to you. And that we may counsel them and send them to hell. You come to church every day. You and that your friend. You'll be chatting. So how is it? So how And then the souls are passing. Lift up your eyes. The harvest is in church also. The harvest is in our homes. Some of us, we have dashed our children to the youth pastor. You know? Sometimes I look back and I'm like, oh... They had a dynamic youth pastor, but I could have engaged them more. That's one of my regrets. I thank God that his grace and his hand has still found them, but I feel that we shouldn't hand over our children to the youth pastor. <laughs> he knows them. They will confide. And at a young age, you are the one they know. Lift up your eyes and see the fields. Behold, the harvest is ready. And then God says something. He says that. I sent you into fields that you did not sow. I just sent you to reap. You see, before somebody will become born again, many times a lot of people have sown into the person's life. My brother Bishop Kakra he got born again because Presiding Bishop ministered to him. Yes, but Bishop and I had been praying for years maybe close to 10 or five, 5 years, between 5 and 10, for my brothers who were not saved and for his sisters who were not saved, every Friday without fail. And yet, when I looked, I didn't see that the harvest was ripe, was white. I didn't see. Because I'll be talking to him, doing this. But when Bishop came that morning, and after all the drama, he just ministered to him. The harvest was just white. So he just reaped it. What if he hadn't brought him to Christ? What if he hadn't seen that the harvest was ripe? And so I, who had been sowing, I believe that I have some uh, surprise rewards. Because the Bible says, God will reward those who sow and those who reap. Beloved, the Bible says that, that reward is unto eternal life. He that reapeth receiveth wages. In Africa, people work in places where they don't receive wages. Even in this COVID season, some of you are going on furlough because you are not receiving wages. But when you do the work of the harvest, the Bible says you receive wages. And God's wages, beloved, they are true wages. Amen, women of faith. And gathereth fruit unto eternal life. These are the rewards. When you see the harvest and you go and uh, uh, harvest or harness the harvest. You don't only receive wages. You gather fruit unto eternal life. So that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. I sent you to reap where on, on land that you bestowed no labor. Other men labored. And you have entered into their labors. The kingdom of God takes a village. Like maybe Hillary Clinton said, it takes a village. The kingdom of God also takes a village. Paul said, I have watered. Apollo's planted, I have watered, and God gave the increase. Division of labor. So you too must do your part. The church of God is no longer doing soul winning. We don't do it in our private lives. We don't do it in the church. We don't do altar calls. But God is calling on you. Lift up your eyes and see the harvest. May the scales fall off our eyes. May our troubles not weigh us down. But may we lift up our eyes above all the troubles and see the harvest. And go and reap the harvest. Amen. We lift up our eyes to see... The people God has called you to is tied in with this one. Isaiah 49, verse 18. Lift up thine eyes round about, and behold, all these gather themselves together and come to thee. As I live, saith the Lord, thou shalt surely clothe thee with them all as with an ornament, and bind them on thee as a bride doeth. Lift up thine eyes round about and see. Isaiah 60. All they gather themselves together, they come to thee. Thy sons shall come from afar, and thy daughters shall be nursed at thy side. Amen. Amen. There are people God has mandated or called that you are going to be a mother or a father too. And he says that your sons shall come from afar, and your daughters also, they shall gather together around you. I don't believe that he's talking only about physical. It's not. It's talking about the harvest. And so when we hear that harvest, our very lives are enriched. My life is enriched by serving. You know, some people say, oh, I, mean, I don't want people to, to, to think low of me. When God calls you and uses you, he rather exalts you. and He gives you so many daughters and so many sons that I didn't even pray for. I go to Canada, I have daughters and sons. People fussing over me. People wanting to do this for me. I go to the Americas, it's the same. I go to the Caribbean, it's the same. I go to the Gulf, it's the same. I go to Papua New Guinea, it's the same. Is it because I've orchestrated something? No. It's just ministry and serving. that has brought that to my husband and I. And that can be your story too. Amen. Amen. Hmm. The next one, and I'm running to the finishing end. God causes us to lift up our eyes so that we'll see eternity and we'll we'll warn men. Luke 16, 23. It's talking about Lazarus and the rich man. And he said, And in hell he lifted up his eyes. So you don't lift up your eyes only in heaven. You lift up your eyes in hell also. Hmm. I pray that you will accept Christ now. You will be serious with God now. You will stop playing games with God now. So that your eyes will be lifted, but not in hell. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in torment. And he saw Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. So the people in hell are able to lift up their their, their, their eyes. But when they lift up their eyes, they see the people in heaven. How painful. How painful. He lifted up his eyes, and he saw Abraham And Lazarus in his bosom. Beloved, you may not say yes to Jesus now. But one day, if you don't choose him, you will find yourself in hell. And you will find yourself lifting up those pride eyes of yours. And when you lift them up, it's not to the hills from whence comes your help. It's from, you just see the people in heaven having a good time. And that will make your anguish more. I pray that we will warn people about hell. We will snatch people from the fire so that they don't get there. We will be fruitful in the things of God because we don't want people to lift up their eyes in hell. Hmm. Hallelujah. We lift up our eyes, or we, we, we don't lift up our eyes because of sin. Because of contriteness for sin, the Bible says in Luke 18 that a pure man and a publican, a publican was like a sinner, they came to pray. And when they were praying, the man said, I, the Pharisee said, I am so glad I'm not like this man. I obey all the law, I tithe, I fast, I do this, I do that. And then this man. The Bible says, and the publican, standing afar off, would not so much as lift his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, Oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Amen. Now, again, in the church of God, our attitude to sin is so cavalier, it's so casual, it's so, it doesn't matter. Sometimes I wonder whether I'm in the church or I'm in the world. Certain things I see, certain things I hear, I wonder where I am. And even when sin is being preached about, we'll be hitting each other. <laughs> hey, you, that girl used to fornicate. You, do you remember? But this publican, the Bible says he will not so much as even lift up his eyes. But he beat his breast and he said, Oh God, be merciful to me sinner. There are times as believers we are not supposed to lift up our eyes. We are supposed to bow our heads in contrition and in brokenness. Because Psalm 34 verse 17 says, A broken and a contrite spirit God will not despise. And I believe that a broken and a contrite spirit is necessary for true repentance. Which is absent from the church of God. Even when you preach about something, you look outlandish. Oh, this woman, I mean, preach something exciting. Preach something that will make us shout. Preach something that will make us emotional. But don't say we should be contrite about sin. He would not so much as lift his eyes towards heaven. But he beat his breast and he said, oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner. The church is so used to sin. So steeped in sin, that like the Bible says, our consciences are seared. You see, when you hold hot things for a long time, your senses become seared and you don't feel the heat anymore. In Africa, they say it's the sign of a good woman or a good cook. But what it is, is that your senses are deadened because you have been holding hot things for a long time. And now they are all calloused and you don't feel anything. It's the same with our conscience. We have become so used to sin, sometimes even more sin than the world does. And when we come to God, and even they say, let's confess our sins, you look and you say, I don't have any sins. Or even if I have any sin, it's not a big one. When I compare to this other person, I'm better. Or even if it's a big one, you say, oh, last year I fornicated 24. This year is 17, so I'm okay. That is not what this publican did. The Bible says he will not so much as lift his head. He beat his breast and he looked down and he said, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. And Jesus said, this man went home more justified than the Pharisee. May repentance and a broken spirit and true contriteness come into our hearts so that when we sin, we will not so much as look up like this publican, but we will look down and beat our breast and say, Oh God, be merciful to me. A sinner. Amen. Hmm. Finally, and I hope it's finally. Luke chapter 21, 25 to 28. Hmm. Luke chapter 21, 25 to 28. We lift up our eyes so that we can see prophetically. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and the stars and upon the earth. Distress of nations. Is it happening? Distress of nations, plenty. Distress of nations due to COVID, plenty. This COVID, it knows no, it's no respecter of persons. Whether you are in the first world, second world, or third world. In fact, even third world seems to be better in terms of COVID in, in infections. The Bible says distress of nations. Is going to happen with perplexity. Is there perplexity? We are all perplexed. Though. Today they say, oh, the virus does this. Tomorrow they oh, we made a mistake. Today they say, oh, the vaccine is ready. They say, oh, the third trial that somebody fell ill. So we have to find out what is happening. This one says before elections there will be a vaccine. Then the CDC, Center for Disease Control says, oh, it's not quite so. We are all perplexed. This morning I read that Boris Johnson is saying Not another lockdown. It will destroy our economy completely. And some people are saying, lockdown because it's not safe. Lockdown because our second wave may be worse. What do you do? Perplexity of nations. The sea and the waves will be roaring. Men's hearts failing them for fear. Men's hearts failing them for fear. That's what is happening. And for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Amidst perplexity, amidst fear, amidst confusion, we shall see the Son of God, of man, coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And what does Jesus say? And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your eyes. Look up and lift up your eyes, for your redemption draweth nigh. Amen. Beloved, when there's perplexity of nations, when nations are in distress, when the world doesn't know where to turn to, and the Bible says men's hearts will be afraid for fear of what is coming, what is coming. What is coming? I was filling university phones for my daughter. They said that, are you male, female, trans this, trans that, or have you not decided? And you have to take. What is coming upon the earth? What? We, we despise God so much. We do so many things. What is coming upon the earth? But the Bible says, when these things begin to happen... Look up and lift up your eyes. Why? Because your redemption is drawing near. If Christians are to survive, and I'm speaking prophetically, if Christians are to survive the perplexity and the distresses and the difficulties of this time, we'll have to look up so that we can see the invisible. We have to look up instead of looking down. We have to look up. Instead of looking around us, we have to look up. Why? Because our redemption from this sinful body, our redemption from this worthless world is drawing near. But how many Christians think that way? say hey, what is happening? What is coming upon the earth? You fear with unbelievers. You are perplexed with unbelievers. You are in distress with unbelievers because you've never walked with God closely. God is saying, The things of the world are going to be as has been determined by prophecy. But when these things start to happen, look up. I pray for you that like the psalmist, you will come to that place where you will say, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills. From whence cometh my help? This evening, this afternoon, I've shared with you circumstances that cause us to lift up our eyes. And things that happen when God tells us to lift up our eyes. A lot of supernatural and spiritual things happen. And I pray that even in this difficult season, even where you are, even in that difficult marriage, even in that uncomfortable situation, even in that place that you can't share anything with anybody, may you lift up your eyes. And as we lift up our eyes, women of faith, May we see the harvest that is plentiful. May we put ourselves into the harvest and into his work. That's where we'll find fulfillment. When Jesus says, my meat is to do the will of, I understand it. You would think that your meat is fashion. You try it. You think your meat is clothes. Try it. You think your meat is money. Try it. You think your meat is relationships. Try it. You think your meat is to play church. Try it. It's all not going to work. But your meat is to do the will of God and to finish it. Lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes. In Jesus' name, amen. Shall we pray? We lift up our eyes above the troubles in our land And together we stand to declare you as king. Oh, in times like these, we choose to praise you. For it's you, it's you who really matters. You are worthy of our praise. Father, cause us to lift up our eyes. When the nations are in distress, when our lives are in distress, when our homes are in distress, when our bodies are in distress, and when there's perplexity everywhere around us, cause us to lift up our eyes. That we may see your angelic visitation. That we may see your provision. That we may see your goodness. That we may know your comfort by lifting up our eyes, O God. That when we lift up our eyes, we will also lift men's eyes to heaven and to you. Father, this evening I pray for all of us. Bring our hearts into the right place. Bring our love into the right place. We pray, direct our hearts into the love of God. Help your people to practically experience you. And like the psalmist, cause us to lift our eyes when you tell us to do. And cause us to have supernatural encounters with you. Thank you for fruitfulness. Thank you for women who are busy about your work, not about gossip, not about other things. Lord, the things of the world have drowned our sensitivity. And it's time for us to return. Baptize us with your Holy Spirit. And give us that sensitivity again. Give us a burden, we don't have it, for the lost. Give us a genuine care for the harvest. And cause us to lift our eyes that we may see. Thank you for a new beginning. Thank you, you give wages. And thank you, you bless even unto eternal life. Let there be a change in our lives and in our attitude. And Lord, lead us from glory to glory. In Jesus' name, amen. You are here tonight. You don't know Jesus as your Savior. I don't want you like the rich man and Lazarus to lift up your eyes in hell and to see those who gave their lives to Christ, not because they were good, but because they washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb. And then you will say, oh, how I have despised instruction. May that not be your portion. Yes, you are at a program, but you've been playing games with God. You are at a program, but church is like a club to you this evening. If you want to give your life to Christ, just lift up your hands before I sit down. And let me lead you to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Say this prayer after me, dear Lord Jesus. Today, I come to you just as I am. Lord, take me and make me your child. Jesus, come into my heart and be the Lord and the master Of my life. Thank you for the cross. For dying on it for me. And thank you for eternal life. Because you rose from the dead. And thank you that by this prayer. I have taken a first step. Of becoming your child. Help me. To take more steps. And to draw nearer and nearer to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, women of faith. I pray that God will cause us to have another glorious time next year in his time. God bless you.
0: It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Heward-Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh North Kaneshi or meet her on Facebook at Rev. Mrs. Adelaide Heward-Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.